0: I'm so behind.
1: All right. So I just heard we got 6 p.m. It's uh, it's Tuesday, right? I believe. And tonight is Esteban Baca, Mexico high school official from Santa Fe, also a line of scrimmage, official at the Lone Star Conference out of Texas. So just real quick. um, Thursday we have, on the 14th, we have Tyree Walton, Big 12 back judge. Saturday morning at 10 a.m., we have Tom Baller. He was a retired Division I field judge, I believe, and now he's the director of the New Mexico Yachtful Officials here in Albuquerque. He'll be talking to us at 10 a.m. about your primary keys and four-man and five-man mechanics which is great because we had a lot of um, requests for that throughout the state. And then we're working on the schedule for next week. So, Ken, are you there?
2: Yeah, I sure am. Thanks Dennis for telling everybody that. Um, If it were, we're probably gonna take a two week break. Um, We have a SASA weekend coming up and we're probably gonna come back out. I think Dennis said uh, second week of June with more of this format that we're having today. We'll mix in guest speakers as well, but um, we're, we're really thinking Esteban's got some golden material with film tonight. So this is probably the format we're going to be working going into the season. And we'll, we'll, we'll incorporate Get It Right as well. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, Dana, do you have a few words before we get to Esteban?
0: Just as, as usual, welcome, everybody, and thanks for being on. Um, I heard two-week break, and I don't know why I felt sad. I think I must be enjoying these um, more, more than most people know. Uh, we've got a lot of returning people again. There are some new names on the list as well, so welcome if this is your first one. Um, welcome back if you've been with us all along. And as always, thanks to Dennis and Ken for your efforts and it's awesome having one of our own as our presenter. I'm looking forward to see this something different tonight and uh, I'll make sure to to take good notes. So thank you everybody for being on and uh, that's all I've got.
3: Stevon, it's all yours. It's all mine. Well, thank you everybody for being here. I wanna thank Ken and Dennis for setting this up and Dana for attending. if you look at that picture below, I'm the tall, handsome one, right in the middle. Um, that's me, that's a lie. I'm I'm the chubby one on the far right. Uh, I'm too ugly for the camera, so I'm not going to turn that on. But what I like about these webinars that, that we're doing is that we're bringing everybody from the NFL, from the NCAA to high school. And I mean, that's the whole point. It's a collaboration and what makes me, um, eligible to give one of these is that I'm a high school official. I'm one of you guys. Um, I am part of the Lone Star Conference. Uh, I got a lot of work to stay in there. You know, it's, it's not easy, but uh, everybody started off with Yaffle and high school, and um, high school, I still do, and it's it's a ton of fun. That's what, where I, I love to be. Um, we're gonna think about today a little bit different because I don't have very much nuggets to hand everybody. I don't have uh, the experience that these NFL guys do. Um, but what I do have is me, Ken, and Dennis are the ones that sent out those quizzes last last year to everybody every week. And what we did was we pulled heavily from our experiences and um, the casebook to develop those quizzes. And we really wanted to talk about how people learn, learn differently. Some people can read the rule book and visualize it and implement it. Other people have to read the rule book, kind of understand it, but need to see it on the field in, in order to get it and how we can marry those two, or we can, we can read it and we can see it. Um, go ahead and go to the next slide there, Dennis. And so one of the big pushes that we're all going to have th- this year is trying to get the film for the majority of our varsity games uh, we've talked to dana about it. Uh, it seems like the schools are on board but that doesn't do us any good unless we know how to use the film you know we need to review the film to identify areas of improvement for us now it's not meant to criticize uh, other officials or to knock people down you know and i and i'll show you some of these plays where i didn't make the correct call where I was out of position. Um, And that's what it's used for. A lot of what we do is, my very first look at a film is to see what my fouls were. What what did I make a call on? Was it right or was it wrong? And then I go back and I review for my mechanics. Am I in the right spot? Am I doing the right things? How do I look? And then from there, it goes down to, how did we all work as a crew? On that tight call, did we come together? Did we discuss it? we have multiple penalties, how did that go? Um, And one of the things that really benefits is keeping track of fouls. And I know we don't do that in high school because we don't get film, but now that we're starting to get film, I highly recommend it. Uh, For every single one of my games, I keep track of all the fouls and then I document it at the end of the game. So if we go to um, this third page here, Here's a foul chart for a game that I did against uh, West Las Vegas versus St. Michael's uh, last year. And we're going to see three clips from this game. In it, I document who the foul was on, the home or the visitor team, offense or defense, the player number, the foul type. Was it a hold? Was it unsportsmanlike, false start? Um, When did it happen? Quarter time. Was it accepted, denied, or offset? And that kind of just helps me see which ones are being accepted and denied, and actually majority of them are all accepted. Uh, And then the calling official. And so what I'm able to do is when I do get the film, I can go through the film and I can see exactly where we made these calls. And then we can review them as a group and as a crew in our meetings. And we can say, okay, look at this hole. Do we think it was big enough? Was it not big enough? Was that the point of attack? And we look at the rules at the same time. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to send up a poll question to kind of see where everybody's at. We're going to read the rule, and then we're going to watch the film, and we're going to have a discussion. I'm going to say on this film, there's not going to be a clear um, yes or no answer on these because there never is. You know, we're we're going to discuss it. We're going to say, well, you know, in this situation, we could have done this, or we should have been looking here on this. But that's what I want to do tonight is just have a lively discussion. And let's start talking about rules and film again. It's good to get a lot of this theory, but sometimes it's good to just get back into a film. Hold on. Um, Can I jump in? Can we go back
2: to the foul chart? Can we go back to the foul chart? Okay. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with foul charts, but I wasn't until I, you know, got lucky enough to get a few games last year in the RMAC. So, what the foul chart for me did was make me accountable. It makes the crew accountable. You want to touch base a little more about that, on, please?
3: Well, and that's the truth is, you know, the very first thing I look at is my foul chart to the film. And I want to see exactly what did I call, what did I see, and did I see what I thought I saw? You know, I think there's a lot of times when we make that call and go, oh. Um, my God, was that right? I cannot wait to see that film. And the first thing we look for in that film is did we get that call right? You know, and, and that's kind of the accountability there is correct call or incorrect call. Um, and then we figure out if it was an incorrect call, why was it an incorrect call? Was I in the wrong position? Was I not focusing on the right key? Did I not see the play from the beginning to the end? We'll have uh, a block in the back one. Um, and I'm, I'm reading the chat here. And, and Brad, yeah, we can send out this foul sheet um, to everybody. Uh, and you can adapt it, make it your own. One thing that this foul sheet doesn't do that is a really good thing that people can do is write in some kind of specials. And when we talk about specials, especially in college officiating, it's plays where we, where we made a ruling that nobody else saw. In other words, we didn't throw a flag on it. We saw the hit, we saw the takedown, and we noted it, but we didn't throw a flag because either it was away from the play or maybe we just didn't see the entire play the whole way, so we weren't 100% 100 sure that the block started in the back. Maybe it could have started from the front or things of those nature. And what those will do is, those will help drive quiz questions in the future, where we could take that deficiency that we had on the field where maybe we didn't see everything and we could develop a quiz after that and get some um, good answers and discussion from it. Was that good enough, Ken, or you want to elaborate a little bit more? And well, Shane I'm has sorry. a question. So, I'm sorry,
2: he's in the chat room. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for touching on that.
3: Okay. And to answer Shane's question, I don't use this sheet during the game. What I have is a little notepad. And the best thing to do is train everybody on your crew to record their own fouls. Um, it's really hard, especially for a white hat, to record their own fouls. Yeah, Brad uses a card. Um, I just have a, a blank sheet of paper. I get one of those little tablets from the dollar store. And then As soon as the flag comes out and everything calms down, I I know right away I'm putting down H or V in the time, and then I'll get the foul from the reporting. The O2O is really good to use. Um, A voice recorder is good to use. What we do here in Santa Fe is, um, if on a five-man crew, we usually have the back judge record the fouls. You know, because the back judge has nothing else to do. They're they're just sitting back there enjoying the game and enjoying their game fee. Um, so the least they can do is record the fouls, right, Ken? And then on a four-man crew, uh, we usually have the line judge record the fouls. They'll, they'll walk it off and, and write down while they're doing that. Um it also helps you too, when you're talking to coaches, right? You have a foul on the opposite side of the field and your t- coaches is asking you, hey, what's going on with that? You know, well, you have it there. Well, that was a, you know, horse collar tackle by 72. Um, I had one game where the coach yelled at me and he says, you've thrown all the penalties against me and none on them. And I, and I pulled out my book and I said, no, coach, you're a little bit right. I got four against you and two against them. You know, I kind of calmed him down knowing that he knew what my fouls were, that I knew what my fouls were too. So let's get into the questions. Both deeps are gold when needed. <laughs> So first question here, um, Dennis is gonna put up a poll. We have, on the weak side of the field, A88 lines up as the only wide receiver, B21 is in coverage. At the snap, A88 starts blocking B21. B21 grabs A88 and throws him to the ground. The headlines is linesman is observing the action and as B21 throws A88 to the ground, The headlinesman observes a quarterback attempting to throw a screen pass to the opposite side of the field. Should the headlinesman throw a penalty for defensive holding? And so these are how the quiz questions come to you guys. And for those of us that are not very visual, this is a lot of word salad, right? How do we break this down? And so the very first thing we gotta do is break down what the rule is. So let's go to the rule. So, defensive holding, right? Here's the rule. Actually, pretty simple. A defensive player shall not use a technique that is not permissible by rule. Uses hands to add momentum to the charge of a teammate who is on the line of scrimmage. Uses hands or arms to hook, lock, clamp, grasp, encircle, or hold in an effort to restrain an opponent other than the runner or contact an eligible receiver who is no longer a potential blocker. So when we got that question, we see that in our poll, B21 grabs, that's an effort to restrain an opponent other than the runner. It's also contact on an eligible receiver who's no longer a potential blocker. We do know we have a foul. Now what we need to do is read into the question and say, is there an impact on this play? And the question states, When the headlinesman observes a foul, he looks at the quarterback and he's throwing a screen to the opposite side of the field. So now the real question with this thing is going towards is does this have an impact on the play and is it a penalty? So Dennis, will you show the video real quick and then we'll give a little bit of time to finish up the poll for those that are visual and then we'll talk about it. According. All right, go ahead and back it up. And we can see that the hold takes place on the top of the screen, right there. Now, if we go by our keys, right, that's the headlines man. He's the widest one out there. The back judge is down here on the bottom on your, on your inside guys. And the line judge is here on the outside guys so the headlinesman has him from the snap he's going to repass he's going to stay with him go ahead and play it now if you notice the video the headlinesman's watching them the whole way sees the takedown looks back at the quarterback and the screen's going opposite and he's getting planted now go ahead and play it so we obviously have a foul here right but whether or not we throw it is is the the question and here i would recommend not throwing it because there is no impact to the play but what we do need to do is have a talk to these two individuals that they should not be doing that and you can see that the headlinesman comes out onto the field once the play is done and addresses them appropriately all right go ahead and, close the poll and let's see what we had this is a perfect opportunity to talk about the two-sided Right. And so when we're talking foul chart, this is a great time to put down a special. I passed on this play because at the point of the foul, uh, the quarterback was already being sacked. No impact on the play. But you see that he he reads the penalty. He reads the foul. He sees what the play is. Now, if that quarterback, and he keeps his flag in his pocket, nice, good, slow flag on this, right? If that quarterback pulls the Tony Romo, sorry, I'm a Cowboys fan, and spins out of the pocket and goes towards that side, do we now have a penalty? And the answer is yes. Because now we have an eligible receiver that is on the ground that could possibly be thrown to. And so that's something you need to bank in the back of your mind when you're doing these is okay i got a penalty what's the result of the play right now it's not a penalty oh wait he's rolling out he broke free now i do have a penalty so just because we don't throw it right then does not mean that we can't throw it a couple seconds later um dennis you want to end the poll and let's see what the polling came out to and then if we have any uh questions or anything in the chat we could pull that up too did you finish the poll Hold on. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh shane says he never saw a poll
2: Well, Dennis. Well, Dennis is, well, Dennis is <laughs> efforting that. Can you talk about the two-step process?
3: I thought I did. <laughs> you see the penalty. You see the impact on the play, and then you decide. And then, uh, or is there something more? I mean, you could talk about it, Ken. If I didn't answer it correctly. So, so
2: you, go ahead, Dennis.
3: No, I'm just saying
1: so. The poll. The poll ended after five minutes. There's a five-minute time limit on it. Um, can you see the poll results of the percentage of uh we had 16 out of 26 um individuals answer the question 23% said that the no foul while uh 12% said yes that's a foul and an eligible receiver and one, and 4% said um uh, no foul since no impact on the play could you can you see those results
3: yeah i can i can see them Um, And then this leads to good discussion. And like I said, you know, we had three for for yes. And I think had it been an impact or the quarterback was sitting in the pocket, absolutely. The fact that the quarterback was um, looking for that screen on the opposite side, that's where you can hold back on this one. Um, Okay. So I think we can move to our next one.
2: Does anybody have questions about the two step process? Because this question is vital that you understand that.
3: Okay. Well, uh, if you do put in the chat, I know everybody's on mute. So question number two. Uh, Dennis, go ahead and open up the poll. Question number two. If you don't see the poll, uh, I'll let you know when it's up. And we can all vote on it. The question is left tackle A5, A55 drops back to in pass block protection. Defensive end 45, bull rushes him. As contact is made, B45 loses his feet and falls to the ground. A-55 lies on top of B-45, but keeps his hands off of him. Should there be a flag for offensive holding on A-55? Here comes the poll. Okay, the poll is up right now. There are three options on this. Um, A, yes. A-55 did not allow B-45 to regain his feet and rejoin the play. B, yes. B, yes. Falling on the defenders holding and C. no a55 did not use his hands to restrain b45 and so if we look at the rule let's go to the rule and
1: and the close on- automatically after five minutes so
3: okay so now we have the question now we have the rule illegal use of hands and holding uh, an offensive player shall not use a blocking technique which is not permissible by rule grasp or encircle any teammate to form interlocked blocking, or C, uses hands, arms, or legs to hook, lock, clamp, grasp, encircle, or hold in an effort to restrain an opponent. And I think that's really where this question is asking, right? Does he use his hands, arms, or legs to hook, lock, clamp, grasp, or encircle the opponent uh, in an effort to restrain him? So let's go to the video. And we're going to look at the left tackle here. Go ahead and run it. There we go. So if we go back, we see that the bull rush does happen. The defender falls on his own. He wasn't pulled down. He wasn't, you know, shoved to the ground. The offensive lineman does follow him And it's right at the point of attack, right? That's what we're always wondering. Where is it? Is that a point of attack? So this is a little bit different. But if you look at the offensive lineman, and this is the whole point about seeing the whole penalty the whole way through. He comes down on top of him. It almost looks like a fluid motion. But he puts his hands all the way out and slides off of him. So the question is, was there an effort to restrain the defender now if you actually hear the audio on this you hear the whole crowd yell it's a hold throw the flag for holding um we have the white hat as you can see has perfect view on this he's moved to get that position and he rolls that it was not a hold so let's close the poll and see what everybody has to think And I hope as we're going through this exercise, it kind of seems a little bit tedious, but it's a process that we use to develop the quiz. And I think it's a process that once we start getting more film, that everybody can use to evaluate their officiating, but also help improve their crews and their regions. Um, doing things like this once a week, sending it out, really does help because you're allowed to visualize visualize it. You're allowed to read the rule and then we can talk and have our inter interpretation so we have 14 answer no
1: can everyone uh, this time
2: so,
3: yeah uh we have one for yes falling on and yes for a fifty-five did not allow and so that's where you really gotta read that question on whether or not he was restricting him um And in this one, you can see that he puts his arms up, slides right off. You know, it's a little bit different when they Sumersault on top of him and they wrap him up and don't let him. You also got to look at the defender's actions too. Did he give up on the play or is he still fighting? Um, I know I had one guy last year. He was a nose tackle, game blocked by the center. He goes, the center's holding me every single play. And I said, dude, you're just standing up and dancing with him. And I said, you know what? Show me the next time. And and if you're putting in the effort, I'll throw the holding. And he goes and he bull rushes over that center. And the center just pulls him straight down. And there it was. There was the hold. And it was like, I told him, I said, you see the difference? That effort that you're putting on your part really forces me to make a call. And here you can see the defender. He goes down on his face. There's no more effort to participate in the play. He's done. All right, question number three, and this one is going to be very interesting, and this is where I expect a lot of conversation to come. Um, the other ones were okay, but uh, this one, the film, is, is fun. Quarterback A1 throws a quick throw to wide receiver A10. A10 catches the ball and runs 10 yards upfield. B23, in an attempt to make the tackle, grabs the nameplate of the jersey and pulls A10 backwards. A-10 is coming down, but it's able to regain his feet and break the tackle. The line judge sees that A-10's knee touched the ground and blows the play dead. Should the line judge have thrown for a horse-collar tackle? Go ahead and start the, the poll. We have four answers, or four possible answers. A, yes, since the line judge rolled A-10, A-10 down, then the defender pulled A-10 to the ground. B, yes, it is a horse collar tackle even if A-10 does not go to the ground. C, no, the runner was able to keep his feet and did not go all the way to the ground. And D, no, it is legal to ground the nameplate and pull an opponent to the ground. Okay. Let's look at the roll. Horse collar, 943K, illegal personal contact. No player or non-player shall grab the inside Back or side collar, or the nameplate directly below the back collar of either the shoulder pads or the jersey of the runner, and subsequently pull backward or sideward that opponent to the ground. Even if possession, um, even if possession is lost, the horse collar foul is enforced as a live ball foul. I think we might have missed a sentence in there, but nonetheless, I think the key words there is. Shall not pull him to the ground. And if we look at our definitions, right, a tackle is a body part on the ground, right? Uh, or being down, I should say. And so when we're looking at this question, if that tackle is at the nameplate and the knee goes to the ground, All right, and the line judge just rolls him down because his knee's on the ground, and he was pulled to the ground. Now, this film um, does not really show a horse collar tackle. The tackle is actually way below, but we're going to pretend that it was a horse collar tackle. And we're going to look at number four here on the bottom of the screen. He's the one that's going to catch the quick pass, and then he's going to run by his defender. You see the tackle there? He's pulled down, keeps his feet and runs, but the line judge rules that his knee was down. So the question is, if this hand was higher up, would this be a horse-collar tackle? And... um, Go ahead and let's close the poll. While while Dennis is doing that, uh, there's a chat here from um, Ty F. um, Going back to the first plate, throwing somebody to the turf violently with a grip is overlooked, even with a scrambling quarterback the other way. And that, that depends on you. If you think it is unnecessary and rough, and uh, unsportsmanlike, absolutely, right? Safety fouls and unsportsmanlikes we always get. This one, I don't think that was a violent throw. Um, it seemed like just something normal game. You're trying to get the defender off and you try to toss him to the side and everybody kind of goes around. Now, it's not overlooked because we are talking to that individual, to both of them. And saying, "Hey guys, let's play football here. Let's not throw each other like that." Um, but as far as penalized, I don't think it impacted the play, so it shouldn't be. All right. So going back to this question here, we got seven for yes since line judge rolled him down. Four for yes because it's a horse collar. Ah, eight for no. The runner was able to regain his feet, and thank God nobody picked D. <laughs> I'm glad we all know that it was a horse collar Um, or that you cannot tackle that way. So here's a really good question, right? If he's able to regain his feet and run, was it really a tackle? Was it a horse collar tackle? Now, we've had discussions about this, uh, me and Dennis, and I'm of opinion A if you if you roll him down and that's where the tackle was made you have to throw a flag for that uh, Dennis is in opinion B because it is a safety foul if his knees buckle that's where the the danger is right and we can see on this film his knees do do buckle
2: it's, now, it's-, 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 it's- yeah, yeah. Um, I I see two indicators. I have a bad feedback. I'm sorry. Are you guys getting with that from me? Also? No. Ken, you're okay. your audible. Is
3: okay.
2: Thank you. The uh, first indicator I see is the jersey pulled. Obviously. The second indicator that I have is a knee buckle. Just momentarily, but I do have a knee buckle. So mm-hmm. I need to watch this play. That that's, that gets the hair up on the back of my neck is that initial uh, two indicators. But then as the play develops, uh, if that knee doesn't touch, that play continues on. I don't have anything.
3: Okay. And I, I honestly don't think any of those are, are wrong answers. Um, I think it is a safety issue, right? We see those knees buckle, but – we also have to see how much do they buckle? Um, is it affecting him? Is the play done? Okay, maybe that's a flag. If he can still run, then I think maybe we do pass on it. Maybe we do look at it and go home. That was just a momentary grab, but he was able to break through it and there was no issues. Um, and maybe, I, I I think if you do roll him down, though, you do need a flag because you're rolling him down by a horse collar tackle um, and so I mean that's the rule and so this isn't a clip to give everybody what the right ruling is. what I pulled what the reason I pulled this clip was to start discussion and to show everybody how we can use film to have discussion within our groups and we can see and how we can use some of the quizzes or use test questions to get the feeling of everybody um and where we're where we're at and where we need to come as a consensus i, I think this is a really hard clip um to get a right answer on and so i i support bo- uh, both um that it was a horse call and it was not and hopefully that doesn't upset anybody if we weren't coming for concrete answers <laughs> Uh, Like we said, this is going to be a little bit different at the beginning, and this is one of the ways it's going to be different. It's more to show what kind of conversations we can have with film. Um, If we go to our penalty chart, uh, this would be a great thing to put down. Third quarter, 948, possible horse collar, passed on it because he didn't go to the ground, or I didn't think he went to the ground. All right, now as you watch the film, when you get it, you review did i see what i thought i saw okay i did how should i have ruled on this is this something that is very clear in the in the rule book which i don't think this one is is this something i need to take back to our group and have a group conversation and then everybody gets involved okay dennis question number four All right, here's one where I absolutely screwed up. (laughs) Quarterback A1 is scrambling to his right. After gaining a few yards, he is being chased by defender B35. B35's focus is on A1 as he runs into the path of wide receiver A81. A81 takes two steps up and delivers a block to B35 with his shoulder, which knocks B35 to the ground. Is this an illegal blindside block? Dennis, go ahead and open up the the poll. We have answer, yes, it was forcible and not with open hands. Yes, or B, yes, B35 was a defenseless player. C, no, A81 did not seek out B35. And D, no, A81's hit was not forcible. So we look at the rule of a blindside block. um, The definition, 2-3-10, a blindside block is a block against an opponent other than the runner who does not see the blocker approaching. Uh, The actual rule states, um, I think it says something like, uh, a player shall not execute a blindside block outside the free blocking zone with forcible contact unless initiated with open hands. So when we're going through the poll, nowhere in here does it say uh, it's a hit on a defenseless player, right? That's a different penalty. So we could kind of rule that one out. Now, the question is, from, from the test, is was the block forcible, right, for full contact? It wasn't with open hands, and did he seek him out, which is not part of the rule, right? There's nothing in the rule that says he has to be seeking him out or running up. It just has to be a forcible block. With an opponent not watching. So go ahead and play the clip. And go ahead and fast forward it to, I think, like 13 seconds. So they come to the line and then the audible and all that fun stuff. Okay, so here it comes. The quarterback's going to roll out. Go ahead and pause it. We got that defender right up there, number 10, uh, to your left, Dennis, with your mouse right there um if you scroll back a couple seconds you can see he's kind of just standing there and then he sees this guy come out of it out of his side view He takes a couple steps up and delivers a nice good whack there's also another blindside block on the back side we absolutely missed All right. Did he did see he. that box? That's the question, right? Did he? And you could obviously tell he did. He did not. And so, go ahead and close the poll, Dennis. We're about three minutes into it, and I think this is going to be an easy one for people to get. All right, so yeah, I mean, we got 11 that said yes, it was forcible. Uh, we got two that said a defenseless player, we talked about that, and then um, four on it was not forcible, but I think we see him leave his feet. You know, he got depleted, so I think we can say that it was forcible. And this is where film really comes in handy, because as the back judge on this game, as I was, I saw this block. I saw it from beginning to end, and I hadn't seen something like this. When we talk about, you know, blindside blocks, it's usually a guy swimming upfield, right? He's headhunting. He's on a mission. He's going to take somebody out. But watching this, I see 10 just kind of give up, take a couple steps, and then find an opportunity to hit somebody, and that's what he did. And you could tell 10 didn't have to leave his feet or anything. There was no crouch, no jump. And I saw it and said, that's weird. I I knew it was something, but I just, I couldn't throw a penalty on it because I had never seen something like that before. Now, when I got the film, the very first thing I did was try to find this play. And as I found the play, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter if he's seeking him out or not. If there's a block like that, it's a blindside block. I mean, you can see him leave his whole feet right there. Um, had he done it with his hands or something, would have been different, right? And that's the next thought is how does he make this legal? Comes out with his hands wide open, that's legal. Um, screens out the defender, that's legal, right? Uh, those are the options. The other thing that you're looking for when you're watching this film is Did I miss anything else? I was so focused on this play. I was sitting there thinking, what's going on? I did not see this blindside block at the end of this clip. Go ahead and play it. Um, Number 24 up here, you can see him by the stakes. He's going to get laid out by number five. I'm focused on two, trying to go, oh my God, was that blindside block? Was that not? And then I... Very obvious, unnecessary roughness comes in right there. You see the quarterback's already out of bounds. Uh, He's in the lap of the headlinesman, which is a mechanic we need to correct. But I absolutely missed this this blow up here. Now, that's the good thing about film is now I say, okay, you got to widen your vision. You saw something that was weird. You got to keep on officiating keep on going and that's what we're supposed to do is to get better for the next week and the next game okay go ahead uh um let's see if there's anything in chat but let's go to number four
2: yeah, yeah that was
3: a crew of five uh the white hat throws a flag for a hold um which i, I think was a good flag uh that's tim pleasant is asking that question Um, that's what the hold was. It was a hold hands is a key uh, and Carla Clark says former players, especially defensive players had the hardest time making this call this year last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a defensive player myself, it's so hard. I mean, the joy is you're legally allowed to (laughs) lay out, uh, lay out people. And, um, you get happy when other people can Yeah, you can see the whole jersey there, right? His shoulders are parallel, and you can read his number. That's a hold. Uh, Trying to get to the quarterback. And so it's a hard call, but it's a necessary – blindside blocks are absolutely necessary because of the safety of the game. Um, I tell you what, after missing this one, I caught three, um, like within the next two series, and it was done. I, I threw those fouls. I told them to the coach. And I didn't have any more blindside blocks after that. So they know the rule. They just want to get away with it. The blindside
1: would have been a live ball, and the unsportsmanlike would have been a dead ball. Is that correct? Correct.
3: Correct. And uh, this one would have been fun because we also had a holding on it. And so we would have gone into a bunch of enforcement issues. We probably would have gone with the holding because that was further back. I think it was more than five yards and then we would've hit the uh, unnecessary roughness. And so it would've been a 25 yard penalty from the spot of the hold. Um, So that was one game. And if you notice all those were from the same game, there are probably 10 other examples that I could have pulled from there. Um, And so just from watching one game and we've had 45 minutes of discussion, We've had four quiz questions out off of it that, you know, made you think, made you get into the rule book. And so that's just the benefit that can come from having one game film. And so Dana, hopefully if more submit it, you know, we could do more of this and everybody could do it with their groups, with their crews. And this is a great pre-game thing as you're driving in the car, if somebody has this up on their phones, we can go and review these things. And that way when we get to our next game, we know where our emphasis are so our emphasis for that game are gonna be where we are gonna improve. So question number five. Wide receiver 84 catches a pass and breaks it for a long gain. B eight contacts A eighty-four in bounds and rides him out of bounds. Clearly out of bounds, B eight gives an extra shove and pushes A eighty-four to the ground. Should there be a penalty for a late hit? And so and the the poll is up. Uh, a, yes, even though he was contacted in bounds anytime the tackle is completed out of bounds, it is a penalty. B, yes, because of the extra shove when a 4 was clearly out of bounds. C, no, this is a continuing action that started in bounds. And D, no, B8 does not know where he is. When he is in or out of out of bounds, he's just playing hard. If you can't tell from these quiz answers, that was me. I had a lot of uh, UNRs and UNSs uh, just because I was playing hard past the whistle. I've learned to correct that. That was the type of player I was. Um, we'll get to the, the rule here on unnecessary roughness. 943, making any other contact with an opponent, including a defensive player, which is deemed unnecessary or excessive and which incites roughness. Okay. So let's go to the play, and uh, we could probably zoom forward towards the end of the play. Uh, the kid makes a, a wonderful play; has a long run right there. And you see here, he's contacted inbounds; he's taken, and then right there, there's a shove. And that back judge is all over it. And now, this video is very self-explanatory. I think we can all see that shove there at the end. And so the question might be like, well, you know, the other one's had a lot of discussion. This one seems kind of obvious. But this one is more towards kind of making you think on the test questions, right? So I think we can kind of say, throw out the C and the D. Dennis, go ahead and close the poll. Um, But there are two yes questions. And it's like, well, how can you have two right answers? And here, what we're saying is, if you really look at the answer to that question, when he's contacted inbounds, anytime the tackle is completed out of bounds, it is a penalty. That's not true, right? Because he can ride him here. And if he just rides him down, no problem. It's that extra shove, and so that's where B becomes the right answer here. Yes, because of the extra shove when A84 was clearly out of bounds. And so when you're taking these quizzes, when you're designing these quizzes, really think about how the wording plays into it, because we can read it, we can watch it, um, but we might get two different things. So think about the wording. Uh, here we got 14 yes. Um apparently I answered D, and only one of us said that he doesn't know where he was. I never knew where it was. Um But that was the point of this. Uh, you can see that extra shove. It was very unnecessary. Um of course I got the same question from the coach that we always get on these hits. He's just playing hard, he's playing through the whistle, he's trying to make sure he's down. Coach, he has to know where he is. He is on the dotted line when he shoves him to the ground. That is unnecessary the whistle had blown you see we had already killed it um no so let's go to question number five does a late out of bounds whistle change the situation no it does not Uh, that player is down when he is out of bounds i think there are some things to kind of think about um where the contact begins is very important. Correct, right, you're, you're right. And it should have been unnecessary roughness. Um, you gotta think about where the contact begins and where it ends. And if the contact begins inbounds, continues out of bounds, that's okay. If there's anything extra, it's unnecessary roughness. Um, I have a hard time, and it's a good chat question for everybody here, is when that runner steps out of bounds, and then turns back upfield inbounds and gets hit by a linebacker, right? Technically, he's out of bounds, but he's turning back in, and he's running as if he wasn't. Now, our whistles are always delayed. You're going to see that foot hit. You're going to recognize the spot. You're going to blow your whistle. But by then, these kids are so fast and strong that they're going to hit each other. And so that's where your discretion has to come in. Was that unnecessary or was it continuing football action? And that's what what you need to figure out on every single one of those. Okay. So question number six. Quarterback A14 throws a quick screen to wide receiver 85 at the line of scrimmage. Right tackle A64 has made his way to the second level to block linebacker B42. A64 makes contact with B42 on the side and makes continuous contact on B42. When B42 has an opportunity to tackle A85, A64 shoves B42 in the back, allowing A85 to score a touchdown. Should this be an illegal block in the back? So the poll is up. Only two answers here. Yes, any push in the back is an illegal block in the back. And B, no, it was a continuous block that started on the side. So an illegal block in the back here, a player shall not block an opponent in the back except in the free blocking zone when the contact meets the requirements of 217, which he is no longer in if he's on the second level. Using hands or arms contact opponent above the loose and warding off a blocker, or when attempting to reach a runner or catch or recover a loose ball which you may legally touch or possess, or to tackle a runner or player pretending to be a runner, All right? So ultimately we only have that one first sentence, shall not block in the back. Let's go to the play. And we're gonna be looking at this um, right tackle here, He's going to swim up. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Right guard. I, I messed up on that. So, if you go right in the middle of the screen, right there at the point of attack, you can see that. Nope, go back. A little bit more. That guy right there. Yeah, pull him back. So what do we think? Right at the point of attack, does he start that that block on the side? Does he continue it through the back? Does he start the block in the back? Okay, let's go ahead and uh, close the poll. We got five for yes, and you push in the back, which you know by by rule, that's correct. However, uh, we got 12 for no it was continuous block. And that's the one I'm subscribing to. Um when that uh offensive lineman starts that block, it's right at the side. Remember, we say the the back is the numbers, and you see he gets them right there in the side, and then from there. He has no control over what that defender is going to do. Is he going to spin? Is he going to run? And and it's continuous. Had he pulled off or anything and then blocked him again, I would definitely support a block in the back. But since it was continuous all the way through, I don't think this is a block in the back. But I do think it's a good discussion and a good learning point, um, which is why I included it. And, How
2: many times have you come in late on this play and you just see the end and you throw on it? That's why it's critical cool to see the whole
3: play. That's exactly where I was going to get. And, uh, you know, Shane w- nailed it right on right on here. He says, not clear where the block started, so no flag. This is another one of those where you got to see that entire block. Um, I think it's the umpire is going to see this. The linesman here, who actually does throw a flag, you can tell he gets to it late. If we back it up a little bit, the linesman's looking at this block that just whips by right here. He's right there. His eyes are in on there. And then he transitions. Once that block is over, there's no more threat to the runner. He's transitioning to that second block. He's catching it right at the end. And you see he pulls his flag right there. And he dumps on it. Now, the umpire should have had that block the whole time. That back judge should be somewhere in that area um, at the same time. And this is goes for good crew communication. When you throw that flag and the back judge gets beat, um, come in and say, hey, Mr. Umpire, Mr. Back Judge, I know this is your zone. You were looking here. What did you see? You know? I just saw and recognized that it's okay to throw a flag and then say, man, maybe I just saw the end of that. Let's get more help. Because had we have gotten help on this, we wouldn't have taken back the touchdown for this kid. Um, Instead, we we ended up taking it back, and, and that hurts. But that's what film is good for. It teaches you what to do better the next time. So on the next game, we actually got this film pretty quick. The next game that we had, we talked to his linesman, we said, you know, make sure you see the whole play. He nailed it. You know, he learned and he improved, and he didn't have any of these uh, block in the backs on the next game. And there was a couple that he could have thrown. All right, Dennis, I want to go to the last slide. And I'm just about at my hour. Um, and it's just a summary. Uh, goals for using the film and quizzes. I, I think there's just two learning opportunities that we don't utilize enough and that, that was the whole point of tonight. Like we said, it was going to be different. I wasn't going to give you concrete rulings or anything like that, but I wanted to you guys to see how we could have a good discussion um, over just a couple clips of film and how we could really get thinking and how we could we can utilize all three. We could utilize Um, game film, we can utilize the rule book, and we can utilize crew discussion um, in all of these to come to uh, an understanding or a correct ruling. Um, So one of the best things that we can do, um, going back to the beginning, is record files and specials. You know, here on those um, holds, on that defensive holding that we didn't throw, on the horse collar that we didn't throw, on the blindside that, that we didn't throw, write those down as specials. when you can get in the film and I can. we can all talk about it and everybody on the crew can be on the same page. On the holding, I nice, guess we didn't throw on that one either. But when you do throw penalties, go back, see if you saw what you thought you saw. Um, was it a correct call? Was it incorrect call? Was it a marginal call? One of the very first holdings that I ever threw, I saw the jersey come out and I threw on it. I went back to look on the film. It was such a ticky tack foul, you know? And it it didn't need to be called. It didn't have any impact on the play. So you learn from that. Um, Review your mechanics. You know, here, was my vision correct? Was I too wide on the headlinesman? Did it come into his lap? on that line judge, did he see the entire play? And then design your quizzes using those film. Um, The best thing to do, especially for the younger officials is have them create the quiz because they're the ones asking the questions, right? They're asking you, well, what did you see on that hold? Or what did you see on that uh, unnecessary roughness? What's the difference between uh, a blindside block and a defenseless player block, right? And that really gets them involved in the meetings and the groups, but also uh, gets them into the book and everybody else. And the final thing is don't get hung up on the film. Move on to next week. We, you can analyze those to the absolute and you can wear out the film even digitally. But if you don't take that and move on to the next week, it does you no good. So utilize it. It's a great resources. Quizzes are a great resource but let's move on to next week and let's do better. Um, If you guys have questions, uh, type them in. If not, thank you guys for giving me time to talk to you guys. Uh, I enjoy calling high school football and I enjoy doing the quizzes and I hope that you guys enjoy them as well and I hope you start adapting uh, some quizzes for your group. Um, During the season when we do start putting out these quizzes, Uh, If you have any film or if you have any questions that you would like for us to look at or include in the quizzes, send them by and and we'll include them in the quizzes. I think we're going to do every week again this year.
1: All right, thank you. Uh, Dana.
0: Hello again. I I love that. That was really good stuff, stuff, stuff on. Um, I think that there's yeah you know, there's really no substitute for learning in this manner uh, than than film obviously going out and calling is the best, but the film breakdowns incredible and I love the the quizzes. I know it was something different, but it was definitely something good so uh Thank you guys for doing that. I look forward to seeing some more of these. And I, I think it's a great learning mechanism. So so kudos to you all. Thank you so much.
3: Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. And uh, Dennis, I'll send you a blank uh, file chart that you can send out to everybody too um, for them to record. And and I fill out that after the games. Um, but, but it is good. It's good to use and good to utilize. And you can adapt it to however you, you want it to be.
1: Okay, thanks. And I think I have some um, game cards they sent out, also, where you could print them up yourself and adjust them to how you use them on the field. You record your own your own fouls. Um, Ken, are you there? Or can is your mic any better?
2: Probably not. Esteban, you're the man. Thank you for taking the time.
3: Absolutely, guys. Appreciate it all that you guys are doing. All
1: right, So on Thursday. Uh, Back judge position with Tyree. Uh, He's a Big 12 um, official, and he was also or is also on the ex-NFL League as a back judge, number 90. He'll be uh, talking back judge position for high school guys. Saturday, um, Tom Ballard, former D1 official director of the Yafel, New Mexico Yafo Officials, and he'll be giving a course on keys and four-man, five-man mechanics. So make sure you tune in for that. He has some good stuff. I listened to him last year at Ken's camp for a couple hours, and uh, you can't get enough enough of Tom and, and the stuff he brings. So we do have a couple topics next next week that are still open we're working on, and we'll let you guys know what what those will be. Like I said, um, after next week, we're gonna take about three-week break. We'll come back with some, some more on starting June fifteenth, and we'll run about another eight to ten weeks for the summer session, summer rule session, um, until the district or the state clinic and the season starts, and then we'll roll right into the the season quizzes.
2: That's all I got. Thank you, guys. Stay well. Hey, great job, Estevan. Thank you, Dennis and Ken. You guys are awesome. Thank you.